you know, one of the most simple things you can do every day, once you exercise, once you eat your buckwheat pancakes and, <laughs> and have your buckwheat and beet pancakes, is um, a simple question I start every, most every day with is describe, I ask myself to describe my mood level. Mm. And the reason that is, is um, one of the most powerful things is just being aware of what mood level we're in when, mm. at any time during the day. But waking up is a good trigger for me to do that. Mm. We talk about someone's attitude or their mood, mm. you know, potentially adding seven up to 15 years to their life. Mm. So the question is, how do you know what kind of mood you're in? Mm. So I'll ask myself that each morning, describe my mood level. And what researchers have found, there's an interesting a brain imaging study out of UCLA and they found that when people are shown faces uh, expressing strong emotion, emotion, different parts of a functional MRI light up, mm-hmm. specifically the amygdala, which mm-hmm. regulates fear. Mm-hmm. So, but when they're asked to label the emotion or name it, the activity moves to a different part of the brain that re- regulates rational thinking. In other words, labeling an emotion or naming it disrupts the raw intensity of it. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, if you're sitting in just saying, I feel angry, what happens is you actually have to get outside the anger you're sitting in to describe it. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. just by labeling it, well, you have to get bigger than the anger just to say that it's anger. Mm-hmm. So actually, part of you is less angry. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I feel scared, I feel nervous. It's a public speaking technique sometimes mm-hmm. as well to tell the audience you feel nervous. Just by labeling the emotion and naming it, you actually have to get bigger than it. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, what I love about this study is it actually shows you can actually see those changes in the brain. Mm-hmm. Instead of firing up the fear and stress part of the brain, mm-hmm. it fires up the rational part of the brain. Mm-hmm. So you can actually have a totally different effect in the body just by naming the mood or emotion you're feeling. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy. I am Neville. You are a masterpiece. Yes, at least your body is. In so many incredible ways, we are yet to understand it all. Your body is the structure of you. Your body is your vehicle. Your body is your magnificent operating system. Your body is your energy producer. Your body is your pharmacy. Your body is smart. That is the conclusion of Dr. Crippen, founder of the Crippen Wellness Center. And he is our guest for this three-part series I have entitled, you guessed it, Your Body is Smart. And I am ready for an awakening. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, a Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. There's a, there's a theory of cholesterol as it's related to heart disease. Mm. And the theory basically says 
and and it's based in, and it's based in some fact that cholesterol basically imagine you have a tube going through your body those are your arteries and veins mm -hmm. and cholesterol begins to build up on those arteries and veins mm -hmm. okay mostly mm -hmm. on the arteries but cholesterol builds up on the arteries that can be protectively potentially problematic for two reasons the first reason is your arteries get too narrow and you can't get blood flow to where you need to go in your body. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Good. And the second way that can be problematic is if a piece of cholesterol falls off and then it goes through and then as the blood vessels get smaller and smaller and get stuck. Mm -hmm. And then you have a part of your body that doesn't get blood. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That happens in your brain. Mm -hmm. It's called a stroke. Mm -hmm. it happens in your heart. It's called a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's, the issue of, that's the issue of cholesterol. The problem with that line of thinking is it's not the whole story. But the question is, just like we asked with the blood brush pressure, why would the body raise blood pressure? The question is this, why would your body put cholesterol on our arteries? Mm -hmm. And you can say the body's dumb or the body's smart. Well, I'm gonna say the body's smart. Mm -hmm. It's infinitely intelligent. So why would the body do that? Why? Why, 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 why? Fortunately, it seems that little boy who sees a strange-looking rock stoops down to peek at it, touches it, turns it over, tosses it around, then places it back where it was found, still lives inside of me. Oops. I am incredibly curious. Well, that's what many people say about me. So when Dr. Crippen was introduced to me and told me who he was, I didn't spare him but a breath. I had to have him on. And he agreed to come. Welcome, Dr. Crippen. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you for the invitation to be here. Oh, well, we have some very pointed questions uh, for you. Dr. Jeff Crippen, founder of the Crippen Wellness Center, is a certified traditional naturopath, a chiropractor, coach, and trainer. Uh, based on his clinical success working with children with neurodevelopmental disorders, his research and methodologies were published in the Journal of Pediatric, Maternal, and Family Health. He addresses health at the level of body, mind, and spirit. As such, he's a man after my own heart. I highly respect that he recognizes the vital difference between health care and disease care, for which the term health care is often misused. And I passed him immediately a note with a four issues or concerns that I wanted to discuss with him. Uh, those are hypertension, cholesterol, chronic lifestyle stressors, and healthy lifestyle routines. I wanted to see where he would go with this. But uh, for this episode, let's get to know him a little better. 
Talk to me about your journey. Yeah, so um, it started, so my own, I never wanted to be a doctor, so I'm, mm. I'm here. It never was my intention to end up in this place. I, uh, I started getting, I sort of was forced down a path to care about my health when I was about six years old. I started to get headaches. Mm -hmm. Took some children's Tylenol, some children's Advil, children's Motrin, and anyway, it kind of helped for a little bit, but then the headaches came back, mm -hmm. and then I'd have more headaches, and then finally I'd go to the pediatrician, and he prescribed something a little stronger, and then the headaches kept getting worse and come more frequently, and then go back to the pediatrician, and then go back to the pediatrician, and you know, finally they sent me to uh, get an MR, a CT, a CAT scan in my head, mm -hmm. and they said they found something in my brain. They didn't know what it was. So then they had me do an MRI. I'm eight years old at the time. And because they want to find out, is it, you know, cancer or something else? And, you know, headaches in, in children, progressively worsening headaches that don't get better with medication are a potential red flag. Mm -hmm. And really what you're looking to rule out is things like cancer, brain tumor, and a couple other things connected to that. But so anyway, that's what they were trying to do is rule that out. Mm -hmm. And anyway, on the, on the CT scan, the CAT scan, the first time they found something. So they said, let's do an MRI. Let's get something a little more detailed. Mm -hmm. So they do that. And um, it, turns out, um, it turned out to be benign. So it's not, a, it's not a cancerous lesion, but there is a cyst in my head mm -hmm. um, about the size of a dime. And it's similar. If you follow sports at all, there's a guy um, who was a football coach at the University of Florida. And then he's a football coach at the... Ohio State University, and he had um, he had the same kind of cyst in his head. His name was Urban Meyer, and mm -hmm. he was forced to resign because of headaches. Well, anyway, it's a it's a congenital arachnoid cyst, and congenital means I was born with it. Arachnoid has to do with one of the layers of coverings of the brain, mm -hmm. and a cyst means it's basically a little fluid-filled sac. Well, they did about ten or twelve MRIs on me over the next ten years, and basically found out it never grew. Mm. So they said, well. They considered brain, sur brain, brain surgery to take it out, but they said, you know, you know, why do surgery if we don't know that's causing it and you could drain it? There's a couple other things, but basically they said, we're not sure that's the problem, so they kind of left it in. So then where'd I go from there? So then went to a different doctor and, you know, tried a handful of different prescription medications, mm -hmm. um, would do things, uh, went and changed my diet, did glasses, tried chiropractic, tried all kinds of things to kind of help, and some of those would help, um, but you know, ended up on a path where I was sick and a headache. Mm. It's getting worse. And at its worst, I had a headache um, for two years. So every moment, every day for two years, um, I had a throbbing in my head. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's sort of, that's sort of how bad it got. And if any one of those drugs would have worked or any of those interventions with the doctor would have worked, mm -hmm. that would have been great <laughs> for me. At least I would have felt that way at the time and I would have never ended up here. But the reason I got here is because they didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And I basically was started on this journey to mm -hmm. use the title of the, of the podcast here is uh, trying to find answers for myself because really all I wanted to be was a normal kid. <laughs> I just wanted to go outside and play basketball with my friends or be able to go to school and not, you know, try to get through school, come home early, spend three hours on the couch, eat food for 10 minutes, go back, lay on the couch for another two hours, do a couple minutes of homework, and then go to bed. Mm -hmm. And that was my life for for years. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just trying to get better myself, and that's how, and yeah, so but that was the, the beginning. But at, so, at some point, 
So throughout your school life, were you thinking, I am going to become a doctor? Never. The, so what, what's that transition like? So, so then I started to get better, and I found someone. Um, you know, I went through a traditional medical system, mm-hmm. drugs, and talked about surgery, and just and just felt I was getting found I was getting worse and worse, and then went to a doctor who was a chiropractor. And typically, when I had a headache, if I got an adjustment from a chiropractor. Um, my spine would be better lying, and the nerves would work a little better in my body, and the pain would get less in my head, which was good. Mm-hmm. But I didn't find it was preventing the headaches. Mm-hmm. So they would still come. They would just be a way of treating them that way. Um, so eventually I found a doctor who did a lot of work with nutrition and what's something called muscle testing or kinesiology, mm-hmm. which is a way to determine the individual function of each of the organs in a non-invasive way, so there's no needles, no expensive tests, but you can actually determine using the muscles of your body how the organs are functioning, mm-hmm. and uh, and then what you can do to make them stronger. What what's basically what's causing the problem and how you can solve it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's wild stuff, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And with that, I remember on the first time I went to this guy's office, I was laughing at him. I, this is nuts. <laughs> but the second time, I stopped laughing. I was asking questions because mm-hmm. for the first time in my life. The headaches weren't getting better, but they stopped getting worse, mm-hmm. which for me, seven, eight years into that journey, was earth-shattering kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they weren't getting worse mm-hmm. was, okay, there's something going on here. And then they got better, and then they started to get more better, and then they started to get better, and then I started become a normal kid again. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, finally, I realized, hey, I really enjoy. I, I really enjoyed helping people. I knew that. I did a business internship in my freshman year of college. Didn't find it was totally fulfilling, so, so I kind of went on this search to find out what I wanted to do, and that included looking at about 13 different majors in college, including having no major mm-hmm. and create your own major. Mm-hmm. And then I just said, you know what? This person doing this kind of healthcare really helped me. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if I could help other people with that? Mm-hmm. And so that was. Um, December of my sophomore year in college. That was sort of the first time I really thought, "Hey, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I can get into get into being a doctor." And so you did. And so I did. Hmm. And so, what was it like um, with your first patient? Well, obviously, I'm sure during your training, you probably had patients. But when you were on your own, um, what was it like treating your first patient? Yeah, you know what? That's funny. I don't know. Um, what I remember about the beginning was just what almost felt like an overwhelming number of things I had to figure out mm-hmm. from licensure. So I, I started, I started my own practice mm-hmm. um, coming out of school. Mm-hmm. So what what overwhelmed me at the beginning was all the figuring out payroll and logistics all and getting licensed. Yeah, right, right, you know yeah. the the what I remember about. I don't remember my first patient at practice, but I'll tell you my first patient at chiropractic school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the way it works is we go through school for about almost two years, then we take care of other students for about six months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you go into the clinic, and um, you have to see a certain number of patients to get through the clinic and uh, to get through that. So I decided, uh, we we're coming up on summer break, I decided, well, I was going to, and a lot of the students go away for break. So it's a great time to see a lot of people. So I thought, great, I'd graduate, I'd, you know, I'd finish up that quarter, I'd just moved into the next one, it was actually before the term even started, but I was eligible to be in the clinic. So I went in there the first day, mm-hmm. and they said, we need, you know, you're just sitting there waiting, hoping they, 
need someone. So, mm-hmm. so you're hoping a patient comes in whose clinician is on vacation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one did that morning. Mm-hmm. And they came in, they take him back to the room, and they said, we need you to do this kind of adjustment on him. I said, can you do it? And I was like, sure, of course I can do it. I didn't know whether I could do it or not. Mm-hmm. So they take him back to the room, and I'm like looking through my notes as the patient's lying <laughs> on the table, right? It's just like, and I get, I, I'm like sweating, mm-hmm. like I'm just like almost perspiring. And mm-hmm. I gave what I am 100% sure was the worst adjustment <laughs> of my life. <laughs> and yeah. it was tough. Mm. And it was awful, and I didn't really like myself much that night. Mm. And I went home kind of down in the dumps, like, oh, that was awful. I just, like, really feeling bad about myself. And then I went back, and that was all I did that day. Mm. And then I went back the next day, and you know what happened? I gave the second worst adjustment of my life. (laughs) And you know what? It just kind of grew from there. And Mm. you kind of begin to get that familiarity. And Mm. it was going through going through the difficulty and going through the learning and being able to go through that. And, you know, we were supervised by clinicians. So, mm-hmm. you know, that what felt like the worst and awkward and very difficult for me, there was somebody over there working through us and helping us do that. But I, I had friends who would end up falling behind in clinic because they didn't want to go through that mm-hmm. and didn't want to see the first patient and scared and nervous. And to be honest with you, there's some days where that felt better, mm-hmm. you know, because that first day was 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 tough Mm. but I was really happy by the time I got through it because then when the rest of my classmates came back after three weeks Mm. I had done four months worth of requirements so I was like the relative expert (laughs) at that point and and it really got better from there just sort of getting through the beginning but I I still remember that first patient and it was it was tough (laughs) if if someone were to come to you either because of their experience uh, with a chiropractor or um, or just from the, the, the study of the field, and they wanted to get in the field, what would you tell them? Yeah, I'd start by asking them, you know, I'd start by asking them, why do you want to get in the field? Mm-hmm. And really understand what sort of passion or mission they have. No, so what kind of mission will drive you to think that this is a good kind of a person to go into the field? Just someone who's being true to themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because... I think to be able to find what you really want to do in life and mm-hmm. something that really makes you come alive mm-hmm. is probably one of the most incredible gifts mm-hmm. you can find out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, there's times we were in class for 30 to 35 hours a week mm-hmm. plus homework. Mm-hmm. You know, we're take, I had a couple, we were on the quarter system where I was taking 8, 9, 10, 11 classes at a time. Mm-hmm. It, was a heavy, it was a heavy workload. It, it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. But it was that sort of sense of purpose and that sort of sense of mission that got me through that. So I just, you know, I had people in the class who heard it's a good way to ha- make a career mm-hmm. or they read about it on a report mm-hmm. or there's somebody sent a blog post about being a chiropractor. Great. Mm-hmm. You need more than a blog post to get yourself through three and a half years of school mm-hmm. and to take on, take on, you know, that level of investment of time and money and effort. So my first, first recommendation to someone would just be, you know, I just want to talk to them and find out why do they really want to do it. I think it's a, I think it's a phenomenal career mm-hmm. as as a possibility. But I think what's most important is, is that what I, what I think I could be the most service to that person is help them clarify, why they want to do that. Just so they have that strong mission and certainty as they go into school and understand what's coming up. Um, or if it's not for them, you know, help them investigate and get clear on what is. Okay, we'll be right back.
I'm delighted to have this conversation with Dr. Jeff Crippen, which is being presented in three parts under the banner, Your Body is Smart. We cannot enjoy wealth if we're not in good health, no matter how we might choose to define being wealthy. So in our next segment, we will be looking at how our body communicates with us and how the body responds to our communication with it. We will be looking through the lens of hypertension and cholesterol. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. You know, I think the most exciting thing that's happened to me is actually, um, you know, seeing my clients win. See you next week with more from Dr. Jeff Crippen. Your body is smart. <laughs>